0: Good morning on this Monday morning and welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Consider this thought that God had taken, according to the Feast of Weeks in the Old Testament, on the giving of the law or the Torah, Israel as his wife through covenant. And I know the concept of even thinking of God taking a wife, uh, Jesus taking a bride, you have to understand, it. it's a covenant that was made. And in that covenant, there are specific things that are fulfilled and required. So God considers himself the husband of Israel, just as Jesus is considered the groom to the bride. And because all of this has a lot of symbolism, then that's why I've taken the time From the Old Testament to show you this concept, and from the New, of how God considered and looked at the nation and even the city of Jerusalem and the people of Israel. So then we go to the New Testament, how God looks at the Gentile church, how he looks at the individuals, and he hasn't forgotten about Israel. Just read Romans chapter uh, 11. And you'll see that God has not forgotten about them. We are considered the wild branch that is grafted into the good tree. The root is what supports it. And if they were cut off, meaning Israel, the root is still there sustaining and we were grafted in. It means that we are partaking of them. So in all reality, part of our heritage is Looking back to the root that has sustained and that has uh, basically where we come from, and that that is our heritage. We must consider that as we look at it, and if you take that into consideration, then look, look at some of these verses, Isaiah 54:5, "For thy maker. Is thine husband. God is telling this to Israel. He identifies himself as Maker. He identifies himself as Husband. Then, number three, He identifies himself as the Lord of Hosts. The Lord of Hosts is His name, Thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth. Shall he be called? This is one identification of God himself towards his people. He tells them, hey, I'm your maker. I'm your husband. I'm the Lord of hosts. That's my name. I'm your redeemer. I'm the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth. Shall he be called? Now, when you consider Jesus... He is identified by Peter as the Holy One, the Prince of Peace. He is identified as the Redeemer of his people. So we have those parallels that are running together between the nation of Israel and the church, the body of Christ, here on earth. These things are taking place. Then it says, in verse number 54, as we still consider, because that's what we're talking about, the Feast of Weeks and Pentecost, one Old Testament name, the other one a New Testament name. And that's what we've been looking at. Now, it says in verse 6 of chapter 54 of Isaiah, For the Lord has called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou was refused, saith the Lord God or thy God, verse seven, for a small moment, I have forsaken thee, but with great mercies, I have gathered thee. Verse number eight, in a little wrath, I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, I have mercy on thee, says the Lord. Thy Redeemer. The scripture says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. They overcame him through the blood, through the blood of the Lamb, through the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto death. In other words, let the believer, let the Christian declare what the blood of Jesus, what the sacrifice of Jesus with the purchasing of our lives from sin and from our penalty of death, which the wages of sin is death, we have been quickened and made alive. So we see this happening in the New Testament on the day of Pentecost. Those that were dead in their sins said to Peter, What shall we do? And he told them exactly what to do, to believe, to repent, to be baptized. And all of this they understood. It wasn't something that needed to be explained to them. For us, it's always different because we don't come with that understanding and that historical background background that they had. But they knew it. They understood it fully. Another example is like if you were reading the book of Proverbs, you have a contrast between two women. You have a wise woman, you have a foolish woman. You have a a good wife, you have a harlot. Uh, It it makes a contrast. So by the time we get to the book of Ruth in chapter 1, verse 16, which we have been striving already for three days to get here, it says... That if you read those four chapters, it says that there was a woman named Naomi, her husband and two sons. During the time of a famine, they go into the land of Moab. And there in the land of Moab, the two sons and the husband that went with her, the two sons get married and then the husband dies and the two sons die And both of those daughter-in-laws are left without husbands. So Naomi tells them, go back, go back to your people. Now, the historical setting of this is that according to the law of Moses in Deuteronomy, and according to what happens in the book of Nehemiah, a Moabite was prohibited from being brought into the congregation of the Jews. Now, it's a serious thing because uh, it was Balaam, Balaam and Balak that tried to get a curse upon the, upon the people of Israel in the book of Numbers. And he just could not pronounce that curse, Balaam. And finally, he told Balak, Look, if you get the women and the men of Moab to marry and intermarry with the people of Israel, Then a curse will come upon them. So God pronounced a curse over them and said that they would not be allowed to come into the congregation of Israel until the 10th generation. Well, that's a long time. But nonetheless, Ruth was a Moabite. And these are her very own words that she says to Naomi. This is Ruth telling her. So something happened in those years that the two daughter-in-laws, with they were with Naomi and with their husbands and with the husband or their father-in-law. It was enough to affect Ruth that she said in chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, Ruth said, Entreat me not, don't ask me to leave you or to return from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do even so to me and more also if aught but death part thee and me. In other words, the only thing that's going to separate you and me is going to be death. This is what Ruth, in other words, her desire to follow after the God and after Naomi, her God, is all based on the fact that she had gotten acquainted and knew or understood something that she didn't know in the land of Moabites before. But introduced now, through their husbands, these daughter-in-laws got to see a side that they did not know. But we have to understand also that Naomi, her husband and sons, were in the land of Moab because it was a time of famine. They had left Bethlehem, which is the house of bread, They left the house of bread, Bethlehem being the place where Jesus was also born. They left the house of bread because there was a famine there to look for bread. And things just didn't go right for them during that time. Well, when Naomi and Ruth returned back to Bethlehem, the house of bread, it is during the time of The harvest of barley. The harvest of barley was kind of like coming into an end and the harvest of wheat was beginning. So you have like the beginning of one thing ending and then the beginning of the other thing starting. When you read this story, it has a lot interwoven into it concerning what happened on the day of Pentecost. It says in chapter 2, in verse number 8. Then said Boaz unto Ruth. Hear, erst thou not my daughter. Go not to gleam in another field. Neither go from hence. But abide here fast by my maidens. In chapter 2 verse 12 it says. The Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you are come to trust. Now, it's important to understand that because of Naomi and because of Ruth, the lineage of David was going to be born. And there, from the lineage of David, we were going to have A redeemer, a kinsman redeemer for us, the Gentiles, for us, those who would call upon the name of the Lord. So Boaz was an older gentleman. Ruth was much younger. Ruth had already been married. And of course, if you were to consider it and look at it in this way, we were married to the world, we were married to Satan. And his ways. We were married to another lifestyle. But here. All of a sudden. This man Boaz. He does tell Ruth. Don't go and gleam anywhere else. Don't go and do anything else. Anywhere else. But basically. Gleam here. Stay here. Almost sounds like the words. Don't leave Jerusalem. But he says. Stay here fast. And then the Lord will recompense your work and a full reward be given unto you of the Lord God of Israel. Because you have trusted in not the young men or their riches or wealth, but you've trusted in what Naomi taught you, what Naomi showed you. And that is the God of Israel. Verse 23. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to gleam. Unto the end of the barley harvest and of the wheat harvest. In other words, she went from one harvest interlocked right with the other. So that is exactly what Pentecost is or the Feast of Pentecost. And it says in the scripture. And dwelt with her mother-in-law all this time. In chapter 3 verse 9 it says. And he said, who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thy handmaiden. Of course, I need more time to explain the whole story. But you can read all four chapters. They're rather uh, short. And and now you'll have a little bit more understanding as you read them. It says that she said unto him, Therefore thy skirt spread it over thine handmaiden. Remember what God did with the nation of Israel? where he he spread his covering over them. It says, For thou art a near kinsman. And this is where the whole kinsman redeemer idea starts. And that is where we're going to leave off today. And I pray that you understand that Jesus as a kinsman redeemer came and redeemed us He totally and completely purchased us. But I don't want to get into that ahead of time. Until tomorrow, on Tuesday, when we meet again, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance, and may he give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.